I think of motherfuckers who get scared by the color purple. I don't think people should be scared by the color purple. If you look at the history of purple, it was actually looked upon as royal and elegant and all that good stuff. So I just feel like motherfuckers just saw purple one day and they're like, fuck the rich because, you know, it was probably just a richer color, you know, like there were dyes and stuff like that that, you know, like poor people couldn't utilize. So motherfuckers had to just get like blue purple bro purple always felt like pink if pink got like in the mud nah bro i i i don't know i don't really fuck with pink all that much just in general purple's fire bro purple pretty cool i can give you that welcome back to another episode of fantasy football with gumbo my name is jeff hey you know what's doing over here what's going on folks we love you, we care for you, and we hope that you guys are doing well this week as we enter week eight of the season. Week eight of the season. It's week eight of the season. Yeah. I mean, how are you doing in fantasy football, I guess, thus far? Pretty good in most of the leagues, dog. Pretty good. Um, Had a really good bounce back in one league where I started. I believe it was one and three. I'm currently, or no, I believe it was 0 and three. I'm currently four and three tied for first in that league. Wow. Um, so you won four straight? Yeah, one four four straight. Yeah, I won four straight against, and three of those teams were number one teams at the respective time as well. Who's the guy that led you to four and zero over the last four weeks? Oh, uh, dude, it's just been a different. It's always been a different person in that league. Always been a different person, even with the bye week again that we just had, where I had Jamar Chase out. I had who's your roster? What's your roster? Uh so I have. Uh, Jalen Hurts, quarterback, Josh Jacobs, running back one, Rashad White, running back two, uh, Cortland Sutton, Romeo Dobbs, Darren Waller, Javante Williams, Jalen Warren, uh, Matt Gay. I got the Rams D that started this week. I'm, I'm usually just dropping and picking up defenses in this league. Chuba Hubbard on my bench currently. He had a bye. Keontae Ingram. He didn't do anything. Thank God he was on my bench. I started Keontae Ingram this week, and I lost because of it. Yeah, bro, that's some shit. The sheer fact that he didn't get no touches, no touch Ingram. Bullshit. That's some bullshit. I got Zach Charbonnet on my team. He was out this week, though. And then, these are some of my big guys that I've had throughout the weeks. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he hasn't really performed. That's something we should talk about. Wide receiver 47 right now. Yeah. And then you got Adam Thielen popping off with a bye week. He's still wide receiver seven. And Jamar Chase, after a bye week, still wide receiver eight. So, obviously, those two have helped me out a shit ton. And lastly, I still have Josh Palmer on my team, who just put up 18, put up a career high in receiving yards. And uh, not too much to talk about, but uh, Rondale Moore as well, just... I don't know. I have some faith in that cat. I think that he might be able to be, uh, if we ever have another little bye we could get in, I think he might be a smart little play. So we'll see what happens with that. Let me ask you a bigger question. Yeah, and this sure. is a this is a question that might apply to you guys at home and your own respective fantasy teams in your leagues. Uh, but who's the biggest buy low candidate for you as we enter, I guess more so like the second half of the season? Uh, who's a guy who you think that you can buy low on? So somebody that you can get for value that might pop out over the second half of the season. And I'll even give an example of my own buy low candidate. And that's a guy like T Higgins, who has not been impressive at all through the right. first half of the season. 
but he's starting to get to a place in which he's coming out of the bye. He had an extra week to get healthier. The Bengals are three and three, and they might start picking up to make a playoff push. And if they make a playoff push, they're going to need T. Higgins. So he's a guy that I'm buying low on right now as we enter week eight of fantasy football. Facts. Uh, Badugo, what about you? Uh, I think I got two quick running backs that I would uh, target quick if I were y'all. Uh, we kind of talked about him last week, but Chuba Hubbard, I think that he could be one of those cats. He's currently uh, running back 37. We talked about it. They have a new play caller who is a former running back. Yep. Um, and we also talked about how we think that he's actually overtaken Miles Sanders on that depth chart. He's already been taking more carries than him in general. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, Chuba definitely is a possible uh, buy low candidate right now before he gets his overhype coming in off of his buy. I also like Zach Charbonnet as well that I just previously was talking about. Um, I just feel like down the stretch here, especially in some of the colder weather games in Seattle, I just feel like Pete Carroll's going to want to get that change of speed back in there a little bit more. Uh, Make sure that he has Kenneth Walker down the stretch because I know that the Seahawks are trying to get to the uh, playoffs again. So I feel like uh, you might see a little bit more Zach Charbonnet in the backfield once he gets a little bit more comfortable. What do you look at Zach Charbonnet as in terms of fantasy? Like, is he a RB3 rest of the season, RB4? Bench uh, stash? Probably more or less like RB4, probably just like a good bench stash. So right now he's currently ranking 66th. Uh, this is at least sleeper. Um, and he's averaging four points PPR, three and a half half PPR per game. I think that down the stretch here, especially when he's going, like I said, he has some cold weather games coming up. Uh, some of those being uh, Cleveland, Bang, or, uh, Baltimore. You can say what you want about D.C. if you think it's cold or not. Um, and then he has Philadelphia, who, I mean, you need to run the ball against them to get anything going with the pass, it seems like. Yeah. So I think that that would be a big game. And then in the playoffs, week 16, he's going against the Titans. We know what the Titans are. I just feel like you got some good matchups. And then you got the Steelers. Might not be the best running matchup, but I think that if you're trying to get, you know, towards the playoffs, Zach Charbonnet could be one of those cats that could help you out. 100%. And another rookie is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, that's fair, dog. And if you want to talk about wide receivers that are rookies, Josh fucking Downs. Josh Downs. Okay, between Josh Downs and JSN, rest of the season, who are you taking? I'd probably say Josh Downs. I would say that the performance that he put on this weekend definitely earned some credit with uh, Shane Steichen over there, the head coach. And, I mean, not to say that JSN didn't perform well. I think he did it an amazing job. I just think that some of this was an increased load because DK was out. Um, and you also saw that Jack Bobo also saw a shit ton. Of- got a touchdown. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, so Jackson Smith and the Jigba did. I don't know if uh, Bobo did or not. I didn't really pay attention to his stat line, but I know that he saw a decent amount of work as well with DK out. Yeah. I don't see Bobo being a yeah. threat, really. Uh, so I can't say that I would say Jackson is as much. Um, so oh, I, I say all that to say um, Josh Downs, at least for me going forward the rest of the year. What about you? Um, That's a harder question because Bobo, I mean, he's a threat in that Seattle room where Jackson Smith and Jigba exist. 
And if you have a guy in that room who's also young and that's also effective, right? Like he's a direct replacement for a Tyler Lockett. Right. JSN, you need to either be DK or Tyler Lockett to fit the style of the offense, and he's not either. So, like, yeah, you got a touchdown last week, and that gave you some points, and that's nice because we had these high expectations for you. But if DK and Tyler are both healthy, when are you getting playtime? And if somebody is hurt, like, who are you the direct replacement for? Because you're not as fast as Tyler, and you're not as big as DK. And I think that those guys serve specific roles. My whole question with JSN coming into the year was that I didn't think that he had the speed and agility to be a three-level receiver in the NFL. That was my that was my thoughts on this kid. I knew JSN was talented and I knew he came from Ohio State, but I didn't really have the faith to say that this guy was going to go out there and be a Garrett Wilson style of receiver. Garrett Wilson being someone he played with. G-Dub went down the field, middle of the field, short routes, and he was efficient at all three levels at a high rate. JSN's performance in college, in my opinion at least, and this is on some Hayden shit, but he was a byproduct of having Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on the outside drawing coverage away from you. So it's just free inside work. You're matched up against linebackers. He comes into the NFL and the Seahawks have never been great with their slot receivers do go. But, I mean, with JSN's talent level, you would assume that he would be somewhat more productive than a Dwayne Eskridge. Yeah, and he I would say he has been. Yeah, I'd say last weekend was a really great breakout game for him. Do you think it continues, I guess, rest of the season? Well, yeah, I think that he still continues to produce at a higher level than he was. I just think that at the end of the day... I, I just think that you could see that Josh Downs is going to see a little bit more target work than, uh, you know, someone like JSN. I just feel like there's something between Minshew right now and that offense. Josh Downs, I feel like, is a larger part of that offense than what we are seeing right now. Uh-huh. Um, And I just feel like if he's going to continue to see eight, ten targets a game like he has in the last three, four weeks, I think just think that he's going to be a part of this game plan and yeah it's going to continue to go forward that's the only reason why i feel like i can't say the same about jsn because he's usually only seeing around like four or five six targets a game you know so the sheer fact that josh downs is seeing double the targets typically double the catches and typically i don't know like 10x the yards mm-hmm. um i just i like i like downs going forward the rest of the year I don't know. That's just the way I see it. Wide receiver three? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. If you, I would say that he's definitely a good flex play. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have more than one uh, flex position in your leagues. I know some uh, leagues still have just one flex. Um, but yeah, I could definitely throw him in there if you have kind of a shorter roster, if you're getting hit by buys. Thank God week eight, no buys. But... If you need, you know, just like a sleeper pick just to throw in there just to get your team possibly just going, Josh Downs could be a move. I threw him in there, obviously, because we had by Armageddon or whatever you guys want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, that performance that he had was crazy. Yeah, he's a fucking dog, bro. And, like, JSN on the market, does he go for more than, like, a Tyler Algier if he's still available on waiver wires? I mean, I feel like Tyler Algier should not be on any wires at all. I mean, that guy's a fucking dog. He's on our waiver wire. That's crazy. Yep. There's guys who drop him to play other guys, and 
I mean, maybe you don't think highly of them, but especially after last week what happened, I mean, if you can get the Falcons RB2. Right. right. Yeah, I, w- I would say that Tyler Algier would just be a really good bench play, just not only because of, like, just injuries and stuff to RB1s are just so common, but at the same time, when you look at Algier, he's performed last year, and he's even performed as a backup. Uh, to this point as well, I would say. I, I feel like it's a bitch-ass play to uh, drop him. Another motherfucker who needs to get talked about more often is Taysom Hill. I don't think so, dog. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's a dog, Dugo. I'll tell you the stats from this last game and tell me what you think. Five receptions on... Or no, 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 I'm sorry. Four receptions on five targets for 50 yards. And he had five rush attempts for a rushing touchdown at 18 yards. Total, if you played in half PPR, he scored 14.8. Full PPR, he's over 15. Yeah, I just feel like at the end of the day, man. You could play him at tight end, though. Yeah, no doubt. And I've had this guy in one of my leagues earlier this year. I dropped him just because I feel like it's just a waste of space. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be playing a guy who scores 14 points once or twice a year. Like, to me, that's just, it's... A bam, you're bamboozling yourself. You're trying to believe in the hype and something that I don't believe is there. I just feel like they're pretty sad on Derek Carr. And this is one of those things to where maybe he might come in for a couple trick plays or something like that. But I, I just don't think so, man. I feel like he... I, I'm surprised that he even broke out this week. Let's just say that. There's no sign or no reasoning towards it. Yeah. Taysom's a dog, and, like, he just gets so much utilization to where it's, like, he doesn't need to get a bunch of catches in a game to be effective for you, especially at tight end where the floor is so low. Like, your opponent might score five points from their tight end, and that would be a good game, you know? So Taysom's, like, he's cool, and, like, Derek Carr is Derek Carr. Like, I don't think he's amazing as a quarterback, but I do see a situation in which the Saints are fighting for a playoff spot and Taysom Hill gets more run at quarterback. He might get more run at quarterback just so they can spice it up and, like, get more yards on shit. Like, that Thursday night game the Saints played, Taysom Hill was pretty good. He was pretty effective. I'm just saying I'm not putting my eggs in that basket, dog. That's all I'm saying. As a tight end, though? Like, if if not it's, wrong. I, if it's I, Taysom Hill... I have way too many other moves at tight end right now that I don't need that. Taysom Hill or Logan Thomas? Uh, realistically, I feel like Logan Thomas is going to give me more consistency. Okay. I can respect that. I can respect that. He might get more depth of target. I'll fuck with that. Is That's that, what I'm saying. That's what I'm depth, saying. It's not even depth of target. Like, I just don't feel like Taysom Hill is really altered as much as we think. Like, I just don't think he's all that effective. I don't know, man. I... Like, I would disagree, like, 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 bro, like... He has these anomaly of a games every once in a while, like, I said, like, once or twice a season. Like, I just don't think it's something that's consistent you can really base anything off of. He had nine touches last game, in which he scored over 14 points. However, I will say that that was a game where Jamal Williams wasn't really utilized. And I think that as they start to incorporate a Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill could lose a little bit of work. I still like him as a tight end deep threat. Throw a couple bucks in on him, stash him on your bench, and see what happens. Worst case scenario, you get to sneak him in at your tight end when he gets some quarterback snaps, and shit, he pops off for you. Dog, but like you gotta be like anticipating that, and typically the Saints aren't usually telling much about that because 
it's a wrinkle in their offense. Like they're gonna say, Oh, Taysom Hill's gonna see more snaps or something like that at quarterback. But if they announce that his price just goes up, you could already have him on your bench. Yeah, and it could also just be some sort of, you know, lie as well. I've never seen a NFL coach, you know, try to put information out there that isn't true. Never seen that before. But I mean, say all to say, like I said, I'm not in on Tyson Hill Taysom Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Let's go on to the next thing, dog. Let's talk about your boy, Jay, or, uh, Jordan Addison. We just got done talking about rookie wide receivers. Let's talk about the one who had the biggest performance of them all. Jordan Addison. I just want to take this time out to say that I appreciate you guys all for listening to Fantasy Football Gumbo. And, uh, Jordan Addison was a guy that I found at a young age. Pause. Jordan Addison was amazing from the film that we watched in terms of his USC tape, uh, his pit tape. I called him the best route runner in the class. Jordan Addison is now a superstar in the NFL. Two touchdowns, 120 plus yards, and his best comparables are now Randy Moss and Justin Jefferson. Dugo, Jordan Addison looks like a superstar to me, but what does he look like to you? I mean, like, he looks like he's, you know, embarking on that conversation. I just don't think that after a really good performance, obviously Monday Night Football, that's huge. That's huge, right? But I can't say that he's an absolute superstar yet. I think you can talk about him, you know, being in the conversation to be, you know, maybe your wide receiver two in fantasy football. I can see something like that, but I can't say that this motherfucker is a straight-up superstar. Jordan Addison or T. Higgins? Dynasty value. Uh, realistically, I, I would say probably, uh, George Pickens. <laughs> I might, I, I'm saying George Pickens. Because I know at some point, I know at some point he's either going to get a better quarterback or Pickens going to be, going to get better. And I don't know how many years that Kirk Cousin has left with the Vikings. He's got no more years. Yeah, but like he could sign on like one year deals and shit like that. Like, you know. But I'm just not sure if he's going to do that or not because are they going to be in the contention for, you know, what they want to play for? Last night it showed like they could be in it, but the rest of the season hasn't. So let's see what happens. I just, if you're asking me right now, though, I would just say George Pickens because I know what the quarterback's looking like for the future rather than. I said Jordan Addison or T. Higgins. Oh, shit. My man. Oh, shit, bro. My high ass. Oh. Who's going to be better dynasty value-wise in terms of T. Higgins on the Bengals versus Jordan Addison on the Vikings? Oh, shit, bro. You're asking me about one guy who's already four years into his career, and you're asking me about a rookie. Yep. Um, I feel like that's a little sus, but I would say... The fact that it's even, like, a thought is, like, what should be the conversation, too. Like, Addison in his seventh game is now a thought in terms of comparing him to T. Higgins for Dynasty. Yeah, but I'm also thinking about where is T. Higgins going to be next year because he's coming up on his deal. I'm just thinking about a lot of other plays, dog. Like, that's what you're not thinking about when it comes to Dynasty is what does their future entail. Like I said, I know what Jordan Addison's future could look like and i'm not sure what the quarterback's gonna look like but he's gonna be at least on the vikings with a prominent wide receiver one who's gonna be drawing away coverage and a tight end who's also going to be doing the same 
I also know that if T. Higgins isn't on the Bengals, he's not going to have a quarterback that he has a shit ton of chemistry with. I know that he's probably going to be going somewhere where he's a wide receiver one, though. And so that's where, you know, you start blurring the lines. Like, I just don't know what to think. I so, like Addison regardless. I mean, yeah, you could just go. That's whole, me. That's me. Yeah, and you could go the whole age thing. And, yeah, I think that. You, not even not even on oh, the age shit. No, not even on the age shit. Like, I mean, if we're going talent for talent, I say T. Higgins. Like, bro, Addison just doesn't have the size Higgins has. I just I agree with you on like if it's just raw receiver shit, like okay, like I understand T. Higgins. But bro, Addison is smooth as fuck out of his cuts. He's a good route runner. Yeah, He's so a two. T. Higgins. Yeah, and they're both twos, right? Like it's Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. You can't really get better than that. No, no, but what I'm saying is just the underlining things in Dynasty, you gotta think about their careers going forward. I just feel like that's something I'm thinking about. If all more. things were the same, if all things were the same and T. Higgins stayed on well, the you Bengals. Can't, you can't think that all things are going to be Assuming that, assuming that, safest bet is that, safest bet is, hey, Higgins is on the Bengals and Addison is on the Vikings. I can't bet that the Bengals have enough cap room to get Higgins on that team and sign Jamar Chase the year after. It's that a, is one thing that you're not thinking about. Dugo, it's a better bet than saying Higgins is going to be a part of the Giants just because we know the Giants need a receiver. I, I'm it's not a saying better that, bet. I'm not saying that he's going to be on the Giants. He could be on the Cardinals for all I give a fuck. All I'm saying is I don't know who he's gonna, what team he's going to be on. All I can assume, though, is if he's on a different team, he's going to be the one. Okay. So if he is the one... Okay. And T. Like Higgins, I said, T. Higgins is the one on a team like Chicago or the who, who? Where is he a one? I think he's a one at more teams than you think. I, he's a one on the Packers. The Giants and the Packers. I would even stretch and say the Commanders. I'd say that he out beat. I'd say that he beats out Terry. I don't think he's a one yeah, on more than six teams. I would have to do the math. The Texans. I'd say it'd be more than six. If I had to guess, it'd be the Texans. Falcons. No. I don't think it'd be the one over Drake London. They're both the same size, but they spend cap on London. I would just, I'd give it to Higgs. Um, Higgs would be a one on the Texans. He'd be a one on the Giants. Cardinals. He'd be a one on the Cardinals. He would be a one on, I wouldn't say the Bears because I think DJ Moore is a better three level receiver. But Higgs is a one on three teams and the next three to four are all questionable. Chiefs. He'd be a one on the Chiefs. He would be a one on the Chiefs. I agree with that. He would be a one on the Ravens. Yep. So Giants, Ravens, Steelers. Chiefs. I don't know if he'd be a one on the Ch- over Pickens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Eh. I think it's a stretch to get to six teams. But all I'm saying is that, like, Addison is different, bro. And, like, if he continues to work out, like, Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in football. If Addison, as talented as he is, is going to continue to see, to see single coverage the rest of his career, that is a recipe for success. If Jefferson's drawing away coverage from Addison and he gets to eat on the second best DB every game, bro, that's a fucking recipe for, like... Jalen Waddle is a wide receiver too, but he's still somebody you respect as a borderline wide receiver one, right? Like, there's just those guys who transcend the game. Hey, bro, if Addison gets one on one coverage against his second and third best guys every week, 
yeah, man, I can't turn that down compared to Higgins, who, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but you got to think that all these, these games where Jordan Addison's popping off, they're missing that wide receiver one. So that's all I'm saying, dog. Like, Key Higgins can pop off, too, without Jamar Chase on in the game. Like, we've seen that already. Like, I just – we can keep beating this dead horse all day. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like you. that's just a huge – that's just a huge assumption, a huge scenario that we aren't really taking into place what really could happen rather than just take it is what it is because I'm sorry, but even next month, shit might not be the same. 100%, and I agree with you, and this is a dead horse at this point. Uh, I want to bring it over to the tight end position. Yeah, I love, I fucking love, bro, we just had uh, National Tight End Day this Sunday. How'd you feel about it, and what was your favorite performance? I absolutely loved everything about it, dog. But That's good, one thing that I was just happy to see that unfortunately I didn't get to eat much from was uh Darren Waller going off. Ew! Darren Waller had a hell of a game. Um and if I am not mistaken, I forgot who it was, but I believe the first touchdown on Sunday was actually a tight end. Um another person who I think absolutely went off was uh Mark Andrews for the um, why the ball, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens? Yeah, why am I blanking on that? But Mark Andrews, while I was watching my boy, uh, Lamar, uh, Jackson go off because holy shit, did he have a game? Mark Andrews had an absolute game as well, folks. Mark Andrews is a dog. Uh, we respect Mark Andrews and we respect the Ravens offense because we understand that Lamar Jackson's a real quarterback. Doug, it's been honestly a really nice uh, switch here the last couple of weeks from the Ravens because I know I came over here or I came over to record a few weeks ago and we saw a stat that the Ravens had like eight or nine drop balls or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And recently they've been back up to par so i'm really excited about seeing that again because my boy action jackson lamar yo dugo can i ask you absolutely popping off yeah hey hey, dugo can i ask you a question what's going on bro so coming into the season i know we spent a little bit of time grading prospects so grading rookies yeah uh can you tell me about who your top two tight ends were coming into the season uh I can't remember off rip, but I believe I had. Uh, I'm not sure exactly who my top two were. I yeah. have, have to look at my rankings. Who were your top two quarterbacks? Uh, top two were CJ Stroud and then Bryce Young. Okay. The reason I brought up those tight ends is because I took some time to like look at what we put out like a few months ago. I got to pop shit because, like, that's what we're supposed to do, I guess. Oh, that's what we're supposed to do. But, brother, your top two tight ends coming into the season just based off of pure prospect grades, um, they were pretty accurate. Uh, they were Dalton Kincaid at one and Sam Laporta at two. Yeah, that you could sense. switch. You could switch those and battle it out, but ultimately it looks like Dalton Kincaid and Sam Laporta are going to be the top two tight ends from this fantasy class of tight ends. Yeah. Moving forward, I guess, who's the better investment? Um, are you taking Dalton Kincaid in Dynasty or Sam Laporta if you could get him? Uh, realistically, right now, the best investment would probably be Kincaid if I could get my hands on him, I suppose. 
uh, just because when you look at that offense, they're just always spreading that motherfucker out. So I just feel like maybe not, you know, he obviously hasn't performed a bunch. He's not like tight on two, tight on three, or tight on one as a Sam Laporta right now. But for, you know, years to come, I just feel like Dalton Kincaid, if we're talking dynasty, would just be that guy. Yeah. Um, And Sam Laporta, I just... He, he'll be good, don't get me wrong. I mean, they got another superstar in him, and they could be battling for some top tight end spots for years to come. But I would just say, all in all, I just I feel like Kincaid has that, uh, not necessarily Kelsey effect, but he could possibly be someone like Mark Andrews of the future. 100%. Dude, I like Kincaid a lot more the more I get to watch him. Yeah, uh, he especially, have... I mean, with Dawson Knox, I think out probably a few weeks. I forgot exactly what happened to him, but I think he's hurt. So mm -hmm. I think that Kincaid is going to see some target share upticks here. Um, and I just think that's going to be amazing for him. Kincaid in week seven caught all eight of his targets. Uh, so he had eight receptions for 75 yards. And that was a pretty good game, especially for a tight end. We know how, you know, shitty that position is. But moving forward. Oh, yikes. So, yeah, what I was saying about Dawson Knox, if you guys are Dawson Knox holders out there, uh, looks like he is actually going to have surgery on that wrist. Yep. Uh, not necessarily a timeline for that, but I would assume a wrist is at least four or five weeks with mm -hmm. surgery. It's not going to be good. No. He's going to miss a lot of time. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, if I were you guys out there right now, even in redraft leagues, I would definitely be honing in on Dalton Kincaid for sure. 100%. Uh, okay, moving forward into the new week. We don't have buys this week. Uh, all the teams are going to be playing. But I guess in terms of waiver wires, in terms of pickups, values that people can maybe invest in. Because, you know, it's midseason. We're all cementing ourselves as, like, wannabe playoff contenders in, worst, in a worst-case scenario. But we, we need value. What guys are you picking up in week eight that are popular on the waiver wire? Who could actually make a difference on your team moving forward the rest the rest of the year? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, we just got done talking about the top guy, which is Dalton Kincaid. Uh, only owned in about 50% of uh, sleeper leagues right now if you're in redraft leagues. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, if you want just just a really good guy that you could just put on your bench, I feel like it is Jack Bobo. I think that we might see just some uptick in him, kind of like what we saw in like uh, Trent Irvin. Mm -hmm. Last year at the Bengals, I think that we could possibly see the same thing with Jack Bobo. Um, even Pierre Strong, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with Jerome Ford's injury, but we've seen that the Browns have utilized the hell out of their running backs regardless of who's back there. And I think that Pierre Strong is definitely going to see an uptick, especially, you know, like I said, with Jerome Ford being out however long, I believe he has an ankle. So Yeah. I, I agree mean, with you. I mean, so you guys have some decent uh, stashes out there. I believe that uh, Demario Douglas, he's a rookie wide receiver on the uh, Patriots right now. He was out of Liberty. Who the hell else was out of Liberty? Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Who might be starting this week for the Titans, by the way. But I think Demario Douglas, you know, he's been seeing, uh, he saw 74 scrimmage yards this past week for the Patriots. Uh, against the Bills of all teams. They have a pretty stout defense. So let's see what he's doing going forward. I mean, he has the Dolphins, Commanders, uh, Colts, who, you know, 
So those three defenses are usually pretty tough, but I mean, the sheer fact he was able to get that much from the Bills. Let's see what Bill Belichick does with the young kid. We'll see what happens. I don't know, okay. man. And then also, I, I don't want to keep uh, drowning you guys with names, but another person, if you guys are in the hunt for a tight end this week, go pick up Trey McBride. They just uh, moved uh, Zach Ertz to IR. Trey McBride's going to pick back up again, folks, and keep going at it. So I'd uh, recommend picking him up. And motherfucker Gardner Minshew with four touchdowns, <laughs> only owning 13% of leagues. Get that fucker on your roster right now, folks. Hell yeah, dude. I fuck with that. Um, Okay. I like that. Now try not to steal any of you guys. I, Bro, like, these are just suggestions because, like, I'm just talking for motherfuckers out there that are in pinches. <laughs> Lastly, though, yo, Tyler Algier only owned in 53% of leagues, guys. He's running back 26. Mm-hmm. Go pick him up, folks. Go pick him up. You need him on your team. Mm-hmm. You know what? All right, I got you. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a list of guys who I'd pick up at each position moving forward, especially for this week. Uh, these are guys who I think could pop out this week and provide you some value. Uh, at quarterback, I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter. Yep. Plays the Titans. He's been going He's been going kind of he, – he's been going off the last few weeks. And I don't see any reason as to why anything would be majorly changed in that offense. I think he's going to continue to have a lot of attempts and hopefully convert a lot of those. At running back, I'm going to go ahead and say that you guys need to pick up Amari DiMercato against the Ravens. I don't know if Kyler Murray is going to play this game, but I do think that DiMercato is going to get his final opportunity to really show out and show what he does. And he's a great third down back. He's good in the pass game and the receiving game. They could get down to the Ravens, and ultimately Josh Dobbs will have to kind of dump it off to him as they try to, you know what I'm saying, like keep the clock running and fuck around with the time management and all that kind of stuff as they get down against the Ravens. Uh, wide receiver-wise, I'm going to go ahead and say that you guys need to go and check out my boy. And he's more of a stash than anything. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say that you guys need to go and invest in Darnell Mooney. He's great against man coverage. He's a deep threat. If Justin Fields does come back, I think that Darnell Mooney could see a surge later half of the season. Maybe not as immediately as this weekend. He's a good threat. He's a good deep threat option. But he's somebody I think has value down the down the end of the season. And at tight end, if you don't have Dalton Kincaid, if you can't get somebody like a um, like a Logan Thomas, Tyler Conklin is someone I love. He's been getting targets. Zach Wilson likes him. Uh, over the last three games, he's averaging around four targets a game, close to four targets a game or four catches a game. And a tight end who gets four catches and averages 10, 12 yards on those catches is a productive enough tight end to go ahead and get work in your lineup. Seven, eight points consistently as a streaming tight end is about what you ask for. Uh, but those are my guys who I think have value and can help your team. Um, and Dugo, I guess, what do you have to say to that? Dude, I, I like it. I mean, DiMarcado, I just feel like he's going to be another one of those cats that probably can just break your heart again kind of like what no touch ingram did for you this week uh i'm not sure i don't really like that backfield for the arizona cardinals right now kind of just staying away from that stuff Mm. um one thing i'm just trying to fathom how the hell does joshua kelly just pop the fuck off as the riders or running back two on a team 
Like, if he starts, he just is a dud. But once he is a backup, Dude. He, he just wants all the smoke. Like, I don't get it. Dude. It don't make no sense. It don't make no sense at all, dog. I don't get it. He just pops off for a 49-yard touchdown. 75 yards, scrimmage yards, all purpose. It's just one of those things that just pisses me off. Jesus Christ. Um. All right. Well, moving forward, we wish you guys all the best of luck. Those were some of our streamers uh, going into the new week of the fantasy season. If you guys need a kicker, go get Nick Folk. Why Nick Folk? Uh, just right now, he's, I believe, kicker number six. Um or seven or eight or something like that. But, dog, the Titans aren't really finishing off many drives. They typically can get at least on the other side of the field. So I just feel like going forward, uh, especially with a team that's, you know, kind of going towards next year, you might want to be looking at Nick Folk. I'd also say if you're trying to pick up someone, look at Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears is probably going to be the running back one on that team if – uh, especially, especially if Derrick Henry gets traded, which is possible in the next week or so. So if you guys need a running back just to kind of stash, obviously he might not be available in, in most leagues just because of how high priced D Henny is, uh, and those handcuffs are crazy, but Tajay Spears, you might want to get on your roster folks. If you're looking for someone to buy low on in terms of a trade, I'm buying low on Brock Purdy right now. Still quarterback nine, even after the game against Minnesota. Last few games, at least, he's averaged only one touchdown per game, which I can understand is bad. But the games prior to and the three prior to, he had, you know, seven touchdowns in three games. He's somebody who has a lot of upside. He has great weapons. Debo's eventually going to be healthy. And you're going to have a quarterback on a high-scoring offense that has Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. Go buy Brock Purdy while he's struggling and enjoy the fruits of his labor as you kind of make a playoff push. I like that. Makes sense. Appreciate you guys for tapping in to another week of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Hey, make sure you bring those head tops back next week. You know we'll be back. My name is Ja. Hey, it's Dugo. Make sure you subscribe to the show, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.